Coming up today on the Dr. Linda Mental Show. If you're young, you're a single parent, you have a low income, little education, those are factors. And when the adults in the family struggle with their own issues and they've never dealt with their own stuff, well, maybe what they do then is they drink to kind of cover up how bad they feel. And all of that can lead to neglect and abuse of children. The Dr. Linda Mental Show is next. And welcome to the Dr. Linda Mental Show. I'm your host, Dr. Linda Mental, the relationship doctor, and I'm here along with my co-host, Chris Weigel. And every weekend, we're here, we're doing life together, and we are just so glad that you've joined us. That's right, Dr. Linda. It's the weekend again. You know, we are hearing so much in the news about mental health. Many families are struggling with depression and anxiety and relationship problems. We know stress has put a lot of people over the edge. But is there more than stress involved when it comes to our mental health? There is, and I'm so glad that you asked that question, and I'm so glad that we're talking about this topic today because I don't think a lot of people are aware of how their early life experiences actually impact them as adults. So it's a great question because there are so many risk factors when it comes to why people develop mental health problems. And here's the good news, Chris. Many of those can be prevented if you know about them and you can address them early on. That is interesting because I've always wondered why two people can go through the same experience and one does okay and the other really struggles. Yeah, and there are a lot of factors when we're talking about that. Some are known factors that we can actually predict who is more at risk, and that's the focus of our show today. We're going to help you understand what you can do to prevent mental health problems later in life. That's right. We're talking about how early life experiences impact our mental health as adults. So my first question is, do our families put us at risk? All right. So we're not going to blame. We're not using this to blame on this show. But early family life is a big factor because it provides you with the experiences that you're going to need to learn to cope later in life. So if your family is struggling, it's going to impact you as a child. Family life can prepare you for coping, or it can derail you if you aren't aware of it and you don't get help later. I think we don't want to use our original families as a crutch for our issues, but it does help us understand how we got where we are, then we can move on from here. Right. So it's understanding. I think that's really important. When people are doing family work with me, Chris, and they come in, they're always afraid that we're going to blame the family for their problems. (laughs) But it really is about, can we just look at what happened? Can we understand how this is contributing to the things that are happening to you now? And you know, people, when they do that, they go, oh, Mm -hmm. okay, now I understand why maybe I had some problems. So we're going to go back to some early life experiences. We're going to talk about those because they are foundational blocks for how a person develops, how they learn, even their health. And childhood stress and trauma, which we're going to talk about quite a bit here, they do impact adult health and mental health. So let's go back to the uh, childhood, you know, maybe even toddler years. Uh, do the early years of family life set the stage for adult coping? They do, and if there are specific traumatic events that occur in childhood, which also, when we're talking about childhood, we're including the teen years, Mm -hmm. so it's like 0 to 18 we're talking about, children do have a higher risk to develop problems as children. These findings are based on one of the largest investigations conducted by Kaiser Permanente and the CDC, and it went from 1995 to 1997. 
So we were just talking before we got on the air that everybody knows what the CDC is now. Yeah, so we didn't have true. to even describe that term, right? Right. So out of that study, and it was one of the largest studies ever, and it continues, we learned that early adversity in a person's life has lasting impact on that person. So when you think about negative experiences in childhood and those teen years, then they are very important experiences in terms of people having chronic health problems, mental illness, and even substance use in adulthood. And the study identified those risk factors, and they're known as adverse childhood experiences, or what we call ACEs. Yeah, so we're going to use that term ACE, adverse childhood experiences. That's mm-hmm. the, We're going to use that term. And the good news is we can prevent ACEs and educate parents and communities and policymakers and even the church Mm -hmm. on how to help children grow up in a safe and a stable environment. And the way to do that, Chris, is to make us all aware of what those risk factors are and then try to prevent them. And from the other studies, we know that factors like bullying, community violence, death of a parent or a guardian, a discrimination, separation from a caregiver to foster care, or even immigration may also lead to a difficult stress response in people's lives. But we're going to focus on the ACE scores. Mm -hmm. So these adverse early childhood experiences that place a person at greater risk for later mental health problems if they're not treated or if they're not prevented. And there are 10 risk factors that came out of the study. But we also want to know what protects against those risks as well. And we were talking about that a minute ago before the program, sort of a preventative type thing, and then also what to look for later. Yeah, that's really important because if you're listening to this and you go, oh my goodness, I have seven of the 10, mm-hmm. which I've done other shows and people have called in and said, now what? Yeah. You know, there there is something you can do. You're not a victim of those experiences. It just means that there's going to be some fallout from those experiences that you're going to have to address. So as you listen to us, we're going to go through the 10 main risk factors. And if you have four or more of those, then you are more at risk. But remember, we're not saying that means you're going to have that problem, Mm -hmm. a problem. We're saying that this puts you at risk. And data is still being collected on all of this and updated. But here's an interesting thing, Chris. When they're looking at this data, they have found that 16% of all the population has four or more of those scores. That's more than I would have expected. Which means we need to do some work on what happens to kids. And like you said, this score doesn't necessarily mean you will have these problems, but it's it's more of a guidance. Right. So your diet, your genetics, other issues impact your health and your mental health. And we know that your faith can have a transformative experience with you, right? So Mm -hmm. it can really make a difference. So yes, again, we're not saying that these ACE scores mean you will struggle. But we are saying that they do put a person more at risk. So the essence of this is the rougher your childhood was, your scores are likely to be high. So think of it like a cholesterol score for childhood toxic stress. Hmm. Okay. And even so, some kids end up beating the odds. You know, there were kids I was raised with who had horrible experiences and turned out to be perfectly healthy people. There are people who do well despite a high ACE score. That's right. That's because of resiliency factors and how the trauma in their lives was dealt with in a really protective way. Mm -hmm. So if you have loving parents, grandparents, a teacher who believes in you, maybe a trusted friend, or maybe a strong spiritual life. I can't tell you the number of patients I had, Chris, who came into therapy and someone got them involved in young life 
or crew in college, and it made a huge difference in their life. All of those things I just mentioned can really mitigate the long-term effects of early trauma. And it's really key to understand those resiliency factors as well and build those in relationships. So as the program goes on today, we'll go over the 10 factors. And, And by the way, you can take an ACE quiz online. All you have to do is Google ACE quiz, and it will come up. The first group is under the category of abuse, and this includes physical, emotional, and sexual abuse as well. And as you might expect, I don't think this is, you know, would be news to anybody, but abuse really does hurt children. So we need to notice visible and psychological signs of abuse, and then we need to intervene when we think that there are children being abused. Kids that are abused often have nightmares or recurring thoughts about stressful things that they've experienced. Sometimes, Chris, they seem really distracted or withdrawn in school, and they don't look like they're paying attention. And sometimes kids who are being abused, they get misdiagnosed with ADHD because of that, because they have trouble with their emotions. I mean, they have trouble with what's going on at home. It's really impacting the way they attend to things at school. This is sort of a broad stroke question, but what brings on abuse to begin with? You know, there are lots of reasons, like you're saying, but families experiencing a lot of real strong stress or things like caregiving challenges related to children with special needs. That's not one I ever really would have thought about. Hmm. But think about if you have so much responsibility for people in your family that are having chronic physical illness or there's some real challenges with some of your kids. I don't think we always think about that as a frustration that might lead people to tip over the edge, but they might lash out. A family member might lash out due to all that stress. So there's a number of factors that really impact why abuse happens in a family. Most families do wonderful jobs of taking care of kids, but unfortunately there are some people that have extreme stress, They were brought up in an environment that was difficult, and now they're having similar issues in their current families. And it may have a lot to do with a simple lack of understanding and education. Yeah, and that is one. A lot of times when I've worked with a family, they just didn't know. They didn't know what to do when they got so stressed by a crying baby. They didn't know what to Mm, do. Right. And then they might shake the baby, which is very dangerous physically for a baby. If you're young, you're a single parent, you have a low income, little education, it really can strain you not to cope very well. Uh, Those are factors that we know in families. And when the adults in the family struggle with their own issues and they've never dealt with their own stuff, and, you know, maybe what they do then is they drink to kind of cover up how bad they feel, and all of that can lead to neglect and abuse of children. Well, we will get into uh, more of the 10 ACE scores, but first we need to take a quick break. Stay with us as we continue to discuss the ACE scores that put children at risk for adult mental health and relationship problems. Conflict is a part of every healthy relationship. How you deal with conflict is what will either grow or destroy relationships. Do you avoid? Maybe you become highly emotional and then regret what you said or did. Getting control of our emotions is not always easy, but it is possible. Hi, this is Dr. Linda Mintel, and I wrote the book, We Need to Talk, in order to help all of us deal better with conflict. We Need to Talk, available at bookstores and online where books are sold. Welcome back to the Dr. Linda Mental Show, and today we are talking about how families can put children at risk for adult problems, and we are looking specifically at ACE scores. Before we continue that important conversation, I want to remind you to check out Dr. Linda's website, drlindamental.com. That's where you can find her blogs, books, and you can connect on social media. 
Her latest book, Living Beyond Pain, is so helpful to anyone struggling with chronic pain, which is a different kind of pain that we are discussing today. But Dr. Linda, you say in the book that relationship problems make pain worse, so there is a connection between stress and relationships. And remember, listen to today's show anytime on iTunes and share it with a friend. Dr. Linda, we've talked a lot about conflict on our show, and what about families with high conflict and negative communication styles? Yeah, that's a lot to unpack what you just said, but kids are often in the crossfire of high conflict, and that's really scary for a child to hear two parents screaming and yelling at each other. And some couples even become violent when that happens, and they're throwing things at each other. Mm. I mean, I've worked with people who have come after each other with a knife or a pot and pan, and, you know, it's so out of control. And the kids can even get hit in that conflict or yelled at due to the frustration of the parents. So a parent's lack of coping often gets acted out on the kids, and it certainly does affect their emotional lives. And families with attitudes of accepting or justifying that violence or that aggression you know, that makes it even more problematic. So you really do need to stop and think about how are you behaving in front of your child? One of the questions on the ACE quiz is, did a parent or other adult in your household often or very often push, grab, slap, or throw something at you or ever hit you so hard that it made marks on you or you were injured? Hmm. So physical abuse is one of the 10. Uh, So is emotional abuse. And how is that defined? Right. So we're talking physical, number one, in terms of if you're counting, emotional abuse, number two, if you're counting. It's not they're not in any order, but Mm. this is a second one. It's often called psychological abuse. Sometimes people hear that term. Mm -hmm. It has to do with how you erode a child's sense of self-worth which obviously will impact their later development. You know, I've asked this question before because I think this needs some definition. What does emotional abuse look like? Well, as an adult, you can withhold your love and support to a child. You can be very rejecting, critical, threatening, demeaning. You can berate the child. It can involve things like humiliating a child, name-calling, insulting them, saying things like, you are a loser, which I've heard a lot from people in therapy, Mm. that their parents said that to them, or something like no one would ever want you, that type of thing is emotional abuse. Makes you wonder what's going on in the parent's mind to be able to treat a human being, much less a child. I'm going to guess that that they had that probably said to them as well in most of the cases. And it seems like this one is harder to detect than, than physical abuse. It is because you don't have the physical signs. So when a child is physically abused, you can document it, right? You have marks on the child. Right. But these kids are often engaged in their own self-injury. So when a child has been emotionally abused like that and it's really intense, sometimes the child will start cutting. Um, they'll have depression. They'll have anxiety. They might become afraid or what are called phobias. They might develop phobias, which is when they are afraid of something. And they have problems in school. They can start regressing. They can start wetting the bed. Many of them have a lot of physical complaints because kids a lot of times don't know how to express their emotional issues. So they they have a stomach ache or a headache or something like that. And they begin to develop this really low sense of self-esteem. And sometimes the emotional abuser can be a step-parent, a babysitter, or even a coach. One of the questions on the ACE quiz is, did a parent or other adult in the household often or very often swear at you, insult you, put you down, or humiliate you, or act in a way that made you feel afraid that you might be physically hurt? So physical and emotional abuse each give you a a point on the ACE score. 
as does sexual abuse, and, and that one is very traumatic for children. It is, and there's a frightening statistic from a group called RAIN, which covers these type of statistics with sexual abuse. It's a very good site if you want to look up how often these type of things happen to children. And here's what they say. Every 68 seconds, an American is sexually assaulted. And every nine minutes, that victim is a child. Wow. The problem is really big. It impacts healthy adult relationships, especially if it's never addressed. Children need to be protected from this. The effects are so damaging, and they can lead to all kinds of mental health problems and substance use problems. Chris, when I'm doing a history and I start hearing that somebody is drinking a lot or using a substance, one of the Mm -hmm. things that often comes up is that they had sexual abuse in their history, and it was never talked about and it was never dealt with. Is it true that most children who are sexually abused are abused by someone they know? That is true, Mm -hmm. and it's usually a family member. And sometimes a friend or someone who has targeted them like a coach. Some predators target kids who are disabled, isolated, or neglected. So just think of it. If you're a kid who's emotionally neglected and now you're being targeted for something else that would cause trauma to you. Kids who have been sexually abused really do need professional help because of the way that this can continue to affect them. It needs to be acknowledged. It needs to be treated. And again, I can't tell you how many adult patients I've had over the years who never told their story about this and did not get help. So one of the questions on the ACE quiz is, did an adult or person at least five years older than you ever, and there's a lot of specifics because this is a a program that kids could be listening to. I'm not going to go over all the specifics, but they get very specific with how you were touched or treated sexually. So you can read that one on Mm. the internet quiz to see specifically what that's asking. So now we know three of the 10 ACE scores, and the next two are related to neglect, physical neglect and emotional neglect. And again, physical neglect is easier to detect. The question on the ACE score is, did you often or very often feel that you didn't have enough to eat, had to wear dirty clothes, had no one to protect you, or your parents were too drunk or high to take care of you or to take you to the doctor if you needed it. Well, then what are some of the signs to look for in terms of emotional neglect? When you see a child who doesn't feel close to their parent or their caregivers and feels like they can't talk to them about their feelings, you might begin to wonder about that. That isn't the only reason, but it could be a reason. Mm -hmm. Or you see young teens who start dating early on or engaging in sexual activity early because they're looking for someone to connect with. Mm -hmm. You see sometimes children with few friends or no friends or with friends who engage in aggressive or delinquent behavior. So think about it. If you're a kid and you're neglected physically, you're looking for a group to to belong to. This is a lot of times what's behind gang involvement, why kids join gangs. Families with inconsistent discipline or they're not monitoring their kids, they're not supervising their kids. And then families who are isolated from and and not connected to other people. So they don't have extended families around. You know, they don't have friends. They don't talk to their neighbors. A question on the ACE score related to this one is, do you often or very often feel that no one in your family loved you or thought you were important or special? Or your family didn't look out for each other, feel close to each other, or support each other? One of the last points you made there was families that are isolated And that would probably go hand in hand with the abuse because if -hmm. the abuse is going on in the house, you don't want to be associated with other people because it may come out. That's right. And be exposed. Okay, so we have five of the ten types of abuse and neglect that make up the ACE score. 
What about the last five? Well, they all relate to household dysfunction, and they're either a yes or a no. So the first mm-hmm. one is about mental illness in your family, and this is the question. Was a household member depressed or mentally ill, or did a household member attempt suicide? So why would that be important to know? Because when you deal with a person with mental illness in your family, it puts you at risk for mental illness. It's just a statistic mm-hmm. that we know is true. Sometimes that's because of genetics. It, it has an influence. It doesn't determine. Remember, it influences. It doesn't determine. And other times it's because of the lack of coping that you see in that adult. So then you don't know how to cope because you haven't seen it modeled to you. Well, today on the Dr. Linda Mental Program, we're talking about adverse childhood experiences, known as ACE. And we have four more of the ACE scores to go. And then we will give some protective factors that can help kids deal with this adversity. We'll be back in a moment. Did you know you have a conflict style? Everybody does. Are you a conflict avoider? Maybe you don't avoid, but instead react intensely. Or perhaps you are a great negotiator. Dr. Linda Mental offers a free conflict quiz when you visit her website, www.drlindahelps.com. Click on the picture of her latest book, We Need to Talk. Then have a friend or your partner take the quiz too and see if you can navigate conflict successfully. You're listening to the Dr. Linda Mental Show, and Dr. Linda has written numerous books that you can find on her website or online. Her latest is Living Beyond Pain, a book to help anyone living with pain get their life back with practical tools that are not related to taking drugs. Check out her website, drlindamental.com. That's where you can find the book Living Beyond Pain, and you can connect on social media. And don't forget about the podcast on iTunes. And Dr. Linda, we talk about how you can take the program pretty much anywhere you'd like. And listen, listen while you're walking and hiking and right. you can have those earbuds in and hear us. That's right. Isn't that comforting to know they're going to hear us? Oh, it's great. <laughs> what a great thing to have in your life, That's right? right. <laughs> we hope we add something to your That's life. Right. Yes. Well, today we are talking about the impact of adverse childhood experiences known as ACE. And there are 10 experiences that put a child at risk for adult problems, of course, later in life. And we have covered the first six, but what are the last four? Okay, so remember these are yes or no questions. Again, it doesn't mean if you answer yes to this that suddenly you're going to have problems, but Mm -hmm. it's just something that you need to understand is going to put you more at risk. So here's the next one. Did a household member go to prison? That's traumatic. It's very traumatic. You have the shame involved for kids a lot of times when they have to say their father or mother is in jail. Mm. And then they're absent. So that's going to make a big difference. Number eight has to do with the mother being treated violently. The question that is asked is, was your mother or stepmother often or very often pushed, grabbed, slapped, or had something thrown at her? Or sometimes often or very often kicked, bitten, hit with a fist, or hit with something hard? Or ever repeatedly hit over at least a few minutes or threatened with a gun or a knife? You can just know how that's going to affect a child. That is so obvious to see their mother being abused. Number nine has to do with substance abuse. That's right. And the question there is, did you live with anyone who was a problem drinker, an alcoholic, or used street drugs? And again, you basically have a parent who is not with you emotionally because they're high on something Mm -hmm. or using a substance and they're going to neglect you. And then number 10 asks the question of divorce. Were your parents ever separated or divorced? Yeah, and we know that that's a risk factor. Mm -hmm. Again, we're not saying this to make people feel guilty. We're just saying when that happens, it's traumatic for a child. No matter, you know, if you work through it or not, it still has an impact on the child. So we need to understand that that's one of them. And the 10 questions, if you answered yes or no, that's referring to the past. Right. There's nothing you can do about the past. But as an adult, you can look ahead and say, 
okay, I've been affected by this. How can I move forward? If you have considered these risk factors, now we can talk about what can be done. I will say, though, you can work on those things that happened to you in the past and make some peace with that as well, because Mm -hmm. you have to work through trauma. So trauma is something you can work through. But yes, you're right. There are resiliency factors. So it does help to screen for those 10 risk factors so you can decide if any of these areas have been impacting your adult relationship. When I bring these up, people go, oh, maybe that's why I'm so uncomfortable in my intimate relationship because I have trouble talking to my partner. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's because of what happened in my family. So the best approach is looking at what we can do to prevent and then reduce a child's exposure to those ACE things. In your experience, when people go into counseling to deal with things that happen, you know, that we've referred to already, if they bring the family members with them, you know, if they had a father that was abusive and he's in the session, how does that work? Yeah, there's a lot of planning that goes into that if you're going to do that, and it's kind of depends on the circumstances. Mm-hmm. But in all ways, Chris, I like to work with the family because mm-hmm. the family is the system that continues to either maintain issues or can reinforce issues. So we've got to work with them. Listen, I want to just mention that the church is often a place mm-hmm. uh, where a child can find some stability and some protective factors. So if you're a Sunday school teacher, I want you to know that you are important, that you can influence a child positively. I just wanted to bring that up because a lot of people don't realize the importance they are as a good figure in a child's life. Yeah, and they're in such a good position to notice these these problems as well. Well, let's go over some protective factors. Okay, so I'm going to run through these because we're running out of time in our show. But children who have positive friendships Mm -hmm. and a good peer network, that's protective. Children who do well in school can often pull themselves out of this because they're having some place where they're being cared for, they're doing well, they're experiencing success. Children who have caring adults outside the family who can be a role model. So Mm -hmm. while the coach can be somebody who might be problematic, the coach can also be someone who can really positively influence a child. If you have the basics, if you're a caregiver and you can meet the basic needs of food, shelter, and health services for kids, and you're a single mom and you're listening to this, that is a protective factor. So what you're doing to give that stability matters. If you can go to college and get educated, that is going to be a help. If you have steady employment, that helps kids because it takes the stress down in the family. Families with strong social support networks, positive relationships, other families that can help supervise, monitor your kids with you, and will have consistency and rules. And then families who can work through problems and do it well, give a model for kids. Children who work through their own problems and learn how to do it with their family members. And then if there's fun and positive activities in a family, we always ask in our evaluations, did you have any positive memories of your childhood? And that's really important. And then families who can encourage the importance of school as a place that can help them. So as we close everything today, if you calculated your A score and you were above four out of the 10, remember, it doesn't mean you will have problems. It means you are more at risk. You need to think about how those experiences impacted you then and now. But one protective factor that makes the most difference is faith. A personal relationship with Jesus Christ can make a difference and can change a person's life for good. All of us have issues. All of us have brokenness in our lives. But that is exactly why Christ came, to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prisons to those who are bound. Our past is not prologue to our future in Christ. He can heal those deep wounds. He can bring peace to your soul. He can make you whole despite your past. Look at what he did for Mary Magdalene and so many others in the Bible despite their past. Jesus 
transforms your life and gives you a hope and a future. And for those of you raising children, do everything you can to give them a secure start. That's all the time we have today. Many thanks to our producer, Norm Mintel, and our engineer and my co-host, Chris Weigel, who makes this show a conversation. From all of us here at Faith Radio, we'll talk to you again next weekend. In the meantime, remember, we're doing life together, and it's better when you don't have to do it alone. Well, thanks for listening to this conversation from the Dr. Linda Mintel Show. These podcasts are available because of listener support. You can make a gift now at MyFaithRadio.com. And thanks for sharing this audio link with a friend and helping us grow the impact of the Dr. Linda Mintel Show. Also, take a moment to subscribe to the podcast today at iTunes or your podcast player, and you'll never miss a show.